What's up and welcome to the Beyond Sundays podcast. I am the host, Brett Stewart, and today my co-host is one who has wanted to be on the podcast for a really long time. And I've asked him several times to co-host with me, and he's like, oh man, sorry, that that date can't work. That's just not going to be good for me. But anyways, my co-host, he's finally here, Brayden Crow. Hello, hello. And just just to <laughs> fact check uh, Brett, uh, he's asked me, He's like, hey, I'm about to record a podcast in 30 minutes. Do you want to you wanna be my co-host? I'll, I'll fill you in in the next 30 minutes, but please be my False. co-host. That did, that did happen once, but then another time um, it happened, I think it was when we did the video podcast with Pastor David, I asked on that one, and then there was another time I asked, and I gave like four days notice. Um, but, I mean, you're a busy man. You're a busy guy. I'm, I'm a busy guy. I live by my calendar. I just... I have, I guess I had more important things going on. I, I don't know what was happening. Oh. I'm here now. That's you are here now. Brayden, tell everyone a little bit about who you are, what you do, and uh, anything else interesting about you. Who am I? That's that's a really good question that of you to ask, Brett. We'll, we'll jump into that in a little bit. But um, yeah, my name is Brayden Crow. I am the Associate Missions and Outreach Pastor here at Beltway. I have just completed four years here. It's crazy. Already? I know. Goodness. It's, it's crazy to think about. Um, but I am, uh, more times than not, at the North Campus, um, and that is where me and my family go. I am happily married. We don't have kids. We have a dog that we love, mm-hmm. um, and he's our baby. Yeah. Um, but uh, whenever I am not at work, I'm hanging out with them. Uh, we love cooking. Um, I was about to say we got a pitmaster yes, over here. I so that's actually a funny story. Whenever COVID first hit and all the restaurants shut down, I just thought, man, if I can't go to restaurants, I better I better figure out how to how to cook pretty well. So we invested in a pellet grill, um, and one of the best investments we have ever made. And YouTube University, man. YouTube University. We <laughs> That's all you have we, to say. we watch tons of YouTube videos and get tons of recipe ideas and love to do that. See, so. I hear about all of your cooking adventures and I have yet to be able to taste any of them. Yeah, I probably should change that. I probably should start start bringing stuff up to church or yeah, something like that. But or invite me over to your house. I, that's mean, probably a good call, too. Whatever. I can do that. Too. You're too busy recording podcasts. That's, oh, that's true. That's probably why. Anyways, uh, I'm excited about our conversation today that we have and the guests that we have. Um, you'll hear a little bit. We don't really dive into it much, but you and I both went through the same process of, um, it's called the life plan, and it is just kind of a self-discovery tool uh, that gives you clarity and language for who you are, how you're built, how you're wired, what you're created for, and then that gives you kind of the uh, next steps of how are you going to step into it so that you can have the fullest joy being who you are working, but also have great productivity in the things that God has called you to. So I'm excited for our conversation uh, is there anything you want to say before we jump in? Yeah, I just I second everything you've said. Um, the life plan blessed me immensely. Um, it, you know, it's a it's a process that you know this podcast isn't about the life plan. It, it points to a it points to a greater truth yeah. of of, and we'll dive into it more. But just basically, 
we are all created uniquely and intentionally. And until we understand how we're created and how perfectly we're created and appreciate that, Mm -hmm. we really don't get to see the fullness of the Lord's grace and his blessing in our lives. And so that was, that was why I did it. Um, it's not a vocational tool. It's not a alignment for, for family issues. It, It really looks at your life as a whole and, um, it's, it's a Christian process too. And so it's, it's really inviting the Holy Spirit into that. And, um, Gosh, it was, it just, it blessed me immensely. It, it showed yeah. me who I was. It showed me what I care about and how I'm created. And it, it really flows into, from there, it can flow into the way you work and the way that you spend time with your family. Yeah, every and, arena and of your the life. The way that, yeah, just the way that you, um, the way that you model that um, to everyone around you yeah. blesses blesses me a lot. So That's good, man. Well, I'm excited that our guest was able to come on today, and we're going to have two parts to this episode. So be looking for the next one that is going to drop next Tuesday. But with that, let's jump on into today's episode. All right. Well, today our guest is Eddie Smith. Eddie, who are you? How are you? And what do you do? And I know that I'm probably not supposed to ask that last question because we just sat down at lunch before recording this, and I was tremendously convicted of like, man, that's actually not a great question that I should be asking people on the podcast. But since I've done it up to this point, I need to do it with you, and then from here on out, I will probably change the very way I ask people to introduce themselves. But all that said, who are you? Well, thanks. I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored to be here. Uh, I I am good I, today. Thank you for asking. Uh, one of those questions is actually still a good question, which is how am I? Um, <laughs> one of those questions. One of those questions. You is asked still, three. Right. One of them is one of good. Them is so good. right now you're at a 33 <laughs> percent. That's right. Right. Acceptance rate. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, so yeah, uh, it's. It's the question that we just culturally we just ask it. Hey, tell me what you do. Um, the problem with that is, at a at a deep level, we begin to associate who we are as identity based on what we do. What we do, yeah. And uh, and so uh, I will tell you what I do uh, among many things. Although it's not who you are, right? As we'll get into that, um, I am one of the elders at Beltway Park. Uh, so there's that. Uh, I'm also a librarian by training, uh, and I run the Abilene Library Consortium, which is a nonprofit uh, here in town that supports libraries across the region. And I just found out at lunch that you got Librarian of the Year. (laughs) Yes, in in 2020. 2020. (laughs) Right. Yes. The the highlight, the only highlight of 2020. If people hear me laughing when Eddie talks about him being a librarian, it's because Eddie also laughs at it (laughs) and and makes me laugh at it. I'm not taunting him. But yes, Librarian of the Year 2020. Yes. So librarian colleagues, if you're listening to this, I love you. You're, You're important. Your work is super necessary to our community. Uh, 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 and yeah, I did win librarian of the year in 2020. It was the highlight. <laughs> and I was the first recipient of the war of the award to ever win it over zoom while wearing, <laughs> while wearing sweatpants. So, um, yeah, so I, I am a nonprofit director and a librarian by training and have done that for 35 years or more. And, um, but in addition to all that, I also uh, am a facilitator that helps organizations and individuals 
really discover their purpose uh, and, and move and get activated into vision. Uh, and so part of that process, uh, which is really what we're going to talk about today, I think, uh, is about um, how do we as, as people sort of find our purpose and live out our purpose and, and walk in that. And that was a journey that I myself uh, have been on. It's a journey that the both of you have been on. And, um, and truly, it's a journey that we all go on. But for me, uh, when you're on this journey to find your purpose in life, it really begins with uh, an awakening. You have an awareness of some things that don't maybe don't fit or don't um, uh, that don't align, or you start to have questions that you you become aware that you don't really have ready answers for. And for me, that started. Um, I'll never forget it. It was my 46th birthday, and I came into work. It was a Monday morning, and I sat down at my desk uh, as I do every business day on my 46th birthday, and it occurred to me in that moment, uh, as I logged into my computer and was ready to get started on the day, that if I stay healthy, I have 20 more years of working at that time. And I thought, am I still sitting at this desk in 20 years? And I have a great job. I love my job. If any of my board members are listening, I love my job. Uh, (laughs) But I, and I'm really good at it. But it occurred to me that at the end of my life, I, I don't want what they say at my funeral to be that he did a great job running that organization. Mm. I, I don't want it to be just that. Yeah. I, want it, I wanted more impact. And is this the impact I want to have? Is this, is this the sum total of all that I am? And when we draw our identity from what we do, what happens if you lose your job or you change jobs or as I was envisioning in that moment at that day, in 20 years, I retire. Do I lose my identity yeah. when I retire? And so that really is, you know, underneath all that is the, the age-old human question of, is this all that I am? Am I to be more? Is there something more than what I'm doing? And that became... A, an awareness, and once you're aware of questions like that, you you start a journey to uncover. Yeah, because you can't be unaware of them. Right, you can't as make yourself. As, <laughs> as soon as you ask the question, you cannot put that genie back in yeah. the bottle. Right, as soon as and, you ask the question and don't have an answer right. for it, now you're on a search and discovery process. Yeah, yep. you ha- you start on a search and discovery process, and um and uh, and and so I encountered this this process that you both have done. It's called life plan and while this topic isn't really about life plan, really, except life plan is a process to discover our purpose. And so I went and did a life plan. And in that process, you discover what your purpose really is about um, and get some clarity of understanding about yourself. And, and, and then, you know, you begin to start to, it's not enough to just discover your purpose. You actually have to live it out across the whole of your life. And it has to be something that transcends your work. You had a purpose before you started working. You will have a purpose after you stop working. Uh, And so how then do I um, surrender that purpose, surrender everything that that purpose isn't, right? At some point, we all have to get to the place where we're comfortable acknowledging that we're never going to be NBA basketball stars, um, some of us might, but not anyone in this room. And, not in this room. <laughs> and uh, that has to be surrendered. And we have to own the thing that we land on. 
and take ownership of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then with that purpose in mind, we begin to um, filter all potential opportunities that are presented to us because it's just as human beings, as productive human beings, as, as um, uh, uh, healthy human beings, we have way more opportunity presented to us than we can healthily take on or healthily sustain. And so we have to begin the process of what does it mean to filter what is best out of what is good. Most of us in everyday life aren't confronted with right and wrong decisions. Uh, if we are, we would choose the right one. Otherwise, we'd be foolish. <laughs> so most of us, most days, are confronted with decisions that are good, and we have to choose the ones that are best. And so being able to filter those things based on an understanding of what is our purpose and why am I here and how do I best live out my purpose and will this opportunity help me get closer to my purpose, bring me depth of understanding of my purpose and myself and living out for in the kingdom, or does it take draw me away from that? And so, um, uh, and that, that journey towards living out purpose across the whole of our life, what does it mean to be who God has made me uniquely to be? Mm-hmm. Not just at work, but right. in my family, in my community, in my church, even in myself, can I be who God has uniquely made me to be in my own thought life, in my own emotional life, in my own physical and spiritual life? Can I be who God has called me to be uniquely um, across the whole of me? And how do I do that every day, every minute of every day? Yeah. Yeah, that's... I'm sitting here thinking, you know, when we're kids and teenagers, we're very aware of like this discovery process of finding out who we are, or at least the willingness to go on that journey. And somewhere, whether it's college or whether it's us entering into the workforce or, you know, something like that, we kind of just get stuck in finding our purpose in our job because we're we're, you know, forward thinkers of like, I hope to get here. I hope to be this. And then we start building goals and even like satisfaction and joy based off of, you know, landmarks to accomplish in the future. But then the irony of it is, at least in my life and and probably in a lot of people's lives that are listening, of every time you get to like a new achievement, like it's kind of like we just continue to push off this idea of of joy or satisfaction and, oh, well, that will come when I do this, when I receive this, when I accomplish this. And so, uh, you know what you said, you had a purpose before you ever started working, and you will have a purpose after you work. And I think that's a, I don't know, I remember when you first mentioned that to me, we were sitting in a coffee shop, you said, Brett, you had a purpose before you were ever a pastor. And I looked at you and I said, I don't remember what that was. Like I've been, I've been a pat. This is the start of my 14th year of being a pastor, and you know that's part of like why I wanted to go on to the journey of self discovery, doing the life plan, because I just lost and lost track of one my purpose, but even ways to to find it, solidify, it, and grow in my understanding of who God is and who I am in Him. Yeah, there was something you said um, about how. Once we know that purpose, we have to own it. And I think that's the disconnect for, or that was the disconnect for me of, you know, being in a world that we live in of 
so much comparison and so much um, keeping up with the people around us. And I mean, I had to figure out my purpose that the life plan really helped with that. But um, comparison was a huge thing. And it, there's some people who are really comfortable in their own skin. There's other people who aren't and people who are really focused on um, fitting in, people who are focused on um, maintaining a certain lifestyle or or a face and their vocation or in their family. And, and you really have to own that you are unique. And that was I, – I, I remember sitting in your office whenever we <laughs> did that, and I felt – so much freedom knowing that, that, oh yeah, I have known that. And for some reason, it just doesn't heart knowledge that I'm created unique and I'm created in the image of God in a way that he intentionally crafted. There isn't anyone I'm forced to compare myself to. There isn't anything that I have to live up to for the sake of other people's expectations because they live that way. That rather than using all of my energy and all of my heart to try and chase after someone else, someone else's talents, God-given talents. Um, instead, I could use that and use that time and that energy really diving deeper into the way the Lord created me. Um, and I just, I think that was one of the biggest revelations I took from, from that time of knowing I am, I am unique and individually crafted for a purpose that only the Lord knows. And um, and it, it's an invitation into a journey of walking with Him to discover that. Like, in my process, I kind of learned that, you know, I have... And they're all, like, great intentions, but I've kind of pursued the expectations and dreams and desires that other people had for me. And maybe those are the things that God has for me, but I have the joy of going on the journey and walking obedience to the Lord and, and finding that out, and then getting such clarity on my purpose that it then empowers every area or every mantle of leadership or influence in my life. Like, my purpose does not change, but, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm married, when I got married, now it has kind of a, a different effect. It, it looks differently in the way it's carried out. When my wife and I, you know, in the future, when we'll have kids, like some of how our purpose flows out is going to change, but our, our purpose itself doesn't. And so, Eddie, like, is there, I, I'm I'm wondering for, for people that are hearing this, like, what are ways or steps of, I guess, starting the journey of discovering who we are, because I feel like everyone's asking that question, and it's a great question to ask, but I feel like most of the time we're not equipped with the how to follow it out and, and how to find the answers. Sure. Well, I, yeah, I mean, we all were there. I was there. You both were there. I mean, we are, okay, if, I, if what I do isn't who I am, then... Who am I? Yeah. And <laughs> what have I been doing? Right. And, and what have I done? <laughs> did, I, did I just waste 30 years of my life? Um, and, uh, and that's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God mm. is the journey that we're all on. Nothing is wasted. Nothing's wasted. Nothing's wasted. The Lord uses the journey. Um, um, and so you both touched on a really powerful principle that I, I feel like I should probably point out and just really just put a fine point on it, which is comparison is the killer of joy. Mm -hmm. 
And so when we start to compare our own life to other people or our own fruitfulness to other people or our, in the case, what we're about to talk about, we're going to talk about talents and, and giftings and so forth. When we, when we talk about comparing our gifts to other people's gifts or our talents to other people's talents, um, the surest way to kill your joy is to compare. Well, and if you're killing joy, then that's not the Spirit of God, because the Spirit of God is joy. Yeah. And so um, what you have to do, Braden, just like you said, you, you have to get to a place where you recognize, hey, I am unique. And that is a unique combination of my own life story, um, none of which is wasted because no one else has lived my life, my own set of innate talents. We all have talents. The Lord gives good gifts. He's a good Father who gives good gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, Scripture says. And so we are all gifted. Jesus told the parable of the talents every... of. The, each of the three servants received some level of talent. Now, some received more than others, but everyone got a unique set. Um, and, and each amount, even though some got more, each amount was outrageously generous. Right. And the expectation was that you were to develop that. You were to invest mm-hmm. that. I mean, in the parable, he's actually giving them money because that was their word for money, talent. But... The, the, the metaphor there is we are given things by the Father that we are to invest, so to speak. We're to develop and build into um, as, as rich a return as we are capable of, um, and not instead think that the Father is ungenerous and a harsh man, which is how, if you've read the parable and you know how the parable ends, but mm-hmm. um, it's a misunderstanding of of who the master really is. Yeah. So we have talents, we have our own story, we each have uh, our own heart, things we're passionate about, things that move us, things that that we desire not in a sinful sense but in a noble sense, in a pure sense. Um and those are unique fingerprints to each of us. Other people may have your same talents, but they don't they didn't live your life. They don't have your heart. Other people may share similar uh heartstrings about, you know, that they're passionate about, but they don't have necessarily carry your talents or again, they haven't lived your life. And so those three things working in combination really help reveal what am I here for? What is, you know, why am I here? That's our why. Our why is our purpose. Yeah. And, um, you know, in organizational, uh, settings, we talk about mission, uh, in, when it comes to individuals, we're talking about purpose as a unique combination, and uh, and the Lord is infinite, and so we can all be unique in that way and still serve the kingdom, still function together, all parts of the same body, um, and the body needs all its parts. Yeah. Uh, and so in it is a kind of uh, um, profound beauty and complexity, um, which is just like the Lord. Yeah. That's the way he works. Yeah. There's something in the parable of the talents that I think I'm processing at a deeper level. I know we've talked about it a lot, you and I have, and in the process of of, uh, the life plan. But even now, just connecting and processing that joy comes from knowing what you've been given and the person it's coming from, but then also investing it, making the most of it. And 
there's a lot of people right now that, I mean, worldwide, I mean, just turn on the TV or scroll through social media, lack joy. They lack joy in what they do or where they at or what they have. And there's just this total disconnect. And, and something that I processed a while back with the Lord, um, you know, because I would say, like, I'm, I'm a really joyful person. But then the Lord kind of asked, like, Brett, are you are you really joyful right now in this season? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm happy and I'm energetic. And the Lord was like, that's not joy. And I just like, it was like that sudden realization of, you're right, Lord. Like there is an absence of joy, which is probably why I feel so fatigued and exhausted. Um, and I need to get back to understanding and discovering what was given to me, who gave it to me, and then the joy of getting to to use and to grow that. Sure. And even when you're in seasons of life where you just can't feel joy, seasons of suffering or seasons of grief or seasons of hurt, um, Scripture tells us to all of those seasons we are to count as joy. Mm-hmm. It's not asking us to be insincere and actually feel an artificial sense of joy in them. That would be lunacy. Yeah. What it is saying is even in those seasons, you can tally those up as joyful things, Mm -hmm. even though they don't read as joy, you can't manifest joy, and people would think you're crazy, they'd come put you in a white coat and take you away. (laughs) But in those moments of hurt and suffering Mm. and and, um, grieving, you can still tally those as joy, because as we've already said, none of it gets wasted. Yeah. That's it's, it's all part of the story that the Lord is telling in you. That is so good. I I'm gonna have to like make a note of that and refer back to that. Just in those times where it doesn't seem great, it doesn't seem like it's worth it. it it's things just don't feel like they're working out well to tally those up in expectation for how the Lord is going to use it and redeem it, and to count that as joy, to eagerly await the joy of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Yeah, That's and word. I mean, just to tie it all in, what we, how we, kind of how we started, right? Comparison is the killer of joy. And in those, in those times of hurt and suffering and, and just challenging times, our... Our temptation is to either look at other people's lives and think, uh, you know, they're way much, so much more better off than I am, or even just look at ourselves and say, Lord, I'm not where I wanted to be, or you're not doing what I wanted you to do, or this is not what I thought my life would become. Again, you're doing a comparison, which is the killer of joy. Instead, we're to take those things, count them as joy, even though they're technically not joyful times count them as joy, and Scripture tells us in the Lord, His joy is strength. Yeah. And it's in those moments when you feel weakest, that's when you need His joy to be your strength. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a sermon that would preach. Yeah, that's really good. And even just thinking about your story and in the time that I've known you and, and also how this affects Brett, but... You know, hearing the story on your birthday of sitting in that at that desk and wondering, am I going to be doing this? And the I'm sure the heartbreak you felt and the frustration you felt, and none of that was wasted, that the Lord used it. 
and fashioned you uniquely and intently for a purpose of one being librarian of the year in 2020, but, <laughs> but also being, being, um, a life plan coach of, of what you do and just the, the blessing it has been to Brett and I know to his family and to me and anyone else who has heard your experience and you've been able to coach through because of testimony and because you have counted as joy. You've, you've seen how the Lord has intently used those moments for his glory. And so, yeah, Yeah, well, and through, I mean, just for me, my own discovery of purpose in that process when I went through it was as a recipient of it was that my purpose is to activate people into Mm -hmm. kingdom vision. And part of the life plan process is helping people unpack who they are, what they're about, and then to build a vision for their life of what it looks like to live that out uh, every day going forward. Um, And, um, you know, while we grow and we mature and we change and life happens to us, our, our purpose really in the Lord doesn't change, but our understanding of it does. We grow and mature in our depth of understanding and our level of surrender to it and our level of ownership of it. And, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and so, it, you know, it, it plays out in changing different ways as life changes and, and happens to us. But, um, those, I believe those purposes are eternal, um, because the Lord is eternal. Yeah. So for someone who's listening and maybe they are sitting in their chair or maybe they're in their car, or maybe they're doing the same routine of what they do every day, and they're having a similar question as you did on your birthday in that place. Am I still here in 20 years? Is this what my life is about? What is a next step for that person? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, call me. We'll talk. Uh, We'll go have coffee. Um, Yeah, I I think just like the three of us did at various times in our lives when we were encountering that same question, you, you sit down with someone who has wise counsel and you ask, Hey, what is happening to me? How did you do this? Do you feel like you found your purpose? Are you, what's it like to live that out? Um, and you know, and if, if their responses are all about vocation, you know, they're not, they haven't hit it either. (laughs) 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 And so, you know, if all they want to talk about is career moves and you know, it's, it's, it needs to transcend all of that. It needs to, it does. Uh, it needs to be about, um, and you know, and if you don't know anyone in your life who's like that, who's wise enough to give you counsel like that, then of course, ask the Holy Spirit, Yeah, Lord, who am I? What am I about? I don't want to define myself by what I do. The Lord has things for us to do, but he doesn't make us to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord is far more interested, and we all wrestle with this. We all wrestle with it ever since you first become a believer. You wrestle with what is the Lord? What's the Lord's will for my life? Well, actually, Scripture makes that really clear. Um, pray without ceasing. In all things, give Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's like it's it's. We don't want it to be like that. We want yeah. it to be. Well, tell me, you know, where yeah. I need to go work yeah. and what I need to do. Concrete and, and please map out right. the journey um, so that I can walk in. Except we don't. We're not given a map. We're given a guide. And when you have a good guide, you don't need a map. Mm. Jesus doesn't invite us to do something. He invites us to become someone. Yeah. Um, and the way you learn to become someone is you hang out with them. 
Yeah. That, yeah. That's that's our modern vernacular for his word, which is to abide. Yeah. We just hang out with Jesus. Jesus never asked anyone to obey anything he said until he asked them first to believe. And he never asked anyone to believe until he asked them first to come follow me. Yeah. Just come hang out with me. That's good. And the way he asked it was so profound. It must have been profound because people dropped everything. Yeah. <laughs> Fishermen left their boats still, you know, with fish in the nets and just... Yeah. J- Tax literally- collectors making a lot of money. Right. just left money on the table and just walked... Quite literally right. left money on the table. And, <laughs> and so the, there must be something in the attractiveness of how and in the way that he asked, hey, come follow me. Yeah. It was, and it is perpetually the invitation that the Holy Spirit gives to us all the time. Come hang out with me. Yeah. Come hang out with me. Learn how I do things. When you learn how I do things, you will learn that I'm trustworthy. Yeah. Because we will never obey someone we don't trust, and we will never trust someone unless we're totally convinced that they love us. Yeah. And when you can live in that place, then you start having your thoughts changed, your heart changed, your personality starts to shift. This, you know, we've all done a lot of like personality tests and assessments, and that's part of the life plan process, doing some of those mechanisms because they're insightful and they inform, but they don't transform. Right. They just, they just give us information, but the information itself doesn't change us. We have to actually be made new. Yeah, and we... We cannot separate finding the answer of who we are. We can't separate it from the call of following Jesus, like discovering Absolutely. who God is. And I think that I think that we've tried to to separate that, or maybe we're afraid um, to discover that. Maybe we're afraid of the cost of laying down what we're doing or what we have in order to follow him, find him, and in the process, also finding ourselves. I want to read something out of uh, a book. Uh, I'm going to put this in the show notes. The book is The Gift of Being Yourself, The Sacred Call to Self-Discovery. It's by David Binner. Um, a wise man gave me this book, actually. Yes, a very wise man. Yeah, he he's the one who just He was also uh, the librarian famous, of the year, Famous librarian. <laughs> the librarian of the year, 2020. <laughs> um, but this this goes along exactly with what you're saying, Eddie, and I, I wanted to read it because I feel like it's it's articulated really well. People who have never developed a deep personal knowing of God will be limited in the depth of their personal knowing of themselves. Failing to know God they will be unable to know themselves, as God is the only context in which their being makes sense. Similarly, people who are afraid to look deeply at themselves will, of course, be equally afraid to look deeply at God. Yeah, I I mean, that's amazing. Um, I mean, the premise of Benner's book is that in order to really come to know God in deeper ways, we have to come to know ourselves more. And the more we increase our ability to know ourself in, in all of our righteousness and in all of our disparity and in all of our um, fallacies and, and shortcomings, the greater we recognize our own need for redemption and to the extent that you can recognize that in yourself, that's the extent that you get redeemed. Mm. Um, 
your knowledge of your and, and Benner talks about this in the book, but this is a gift. This is this is God's gift to us that in coming to know ourselves, we actually increase our capacity to know Him. And to the to the extent that you know God, you begin to get a depth of understanding of yourself. And uh, and they they really go hand, hand in hand. hand. It's yeah. so. It seems so backwards to the way that I've thought about it, like my whole life. Honestly, like the connection between the two is, is like mind blowing, but also enlightening, just in the sense of in failing to create the space and the place for me to know myself and to search out my thoughts and my questions. That is limiting my ability to know the Lord, and also my inability to know the Lord fully, um, or maybe the areas of my life where I need to to seek Him more in understanding and experiencing His goodness, that is influencing my ability to know myself. Yeah, and I, I think it's very easy to sort of pull all the subtlety out of that and just sort of summarize and say, you know, well, I, I need to die to myself, um, which is not wrong. That is a biblical concept. Uh, yeah, that that's is not, not wrong. That's, that's right. Um, um, but dying to yourself is an act of surrendering that part of you. Uh, and Benner talks about this in the book. You can't surrender what you don't lay ownership of. Mm. You have to take hold of who you are in all of your goodness and in all of your brokenness and then surrender it. And you can't just surrender the broken pieces. All of you has to be redeemed, has to be brought under the cross of Christ and fully redeemed. Um, um, C.S. Lewis once said, no part of you that doesn't die can ever be resurrected. Mm. And so it, all of it, even the good parts of you, the parts you like, the parts you want to hang on to for whatever reason, good or bad, yeah. <laughs> um, all of it must be brought under the cross, but it, you can't surrender it until you own it first. So mm. you have to own up to yourself um, and Benner talks about that in the book, that, that process of, of taking ownership is really a process of recognizing, Hey, this is, this is a part of me that maybe is still broken or still enslaved to sin, or this is a part of me that I haven't yet surrendered to the Lord. Maybe it's because I didn't think it needed to be, but until you do, it doesn't, it doesn't ever get redeemed. But the greater your capacity to understand those parts of yourself, the greater your capacity to recognize how totally and completely sufficient Christ's redemption is. Yeah, and that's the beauty of of the gospel, like the, the very fear of owning the best and the worst of us, and knowing that there, there is a cost of, I'm going to lay that down, and the fear is, I'm giving it all away and I'm nothing's going to be like I'm not going to receive anything back. Like what if I give it all up and something better doesn't right. come? Like right. that's the fear that that keeps us there, but right. the beauty of the gospel is that the Lord takes all that is laid down, surrendered and he redeems it, but then he also just he imparts to us and blesses us with his life and with his love and it's like we're never empty-handed. And I don't know, it's just... Yeah, it's, you know, contrary to popular belief and culture, it's 
who you are, the good and the bad, is not. it's not for you to create. It's not for you to just one day out of the blue to, to say, I'm going to be this, and I'm. this is who I am, and it's what I'm going to be. It's Your purpose is not to be created. Your purpose is to be discovered, because the Lord's the one who yeah. created you, it. You've already been created. Right. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's for you to discover and to own, like, like we've been saying, to own it. And we were talking about it before we hit record, but this whole idea of the world teaching us that, you know, I want to be something or I want to do something so I can have something, that way I can be something. Did I say that right? That was a lot of something. Yeah, I want to. I, I, I need to do something to get something, so I can have something, so that I can be, become someone. Yeah, become something. Be something. something. Right, and just and and the kingdom is backwards. The kingdom says you are someone, so that you have something because of who you are, and therefore you can go do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The you know the. We forget this, I think, in our spiritual walks and just in contemporary life. We forget at times that God has no illusions about us. <laughs> He's not sitting on his throne, scratching his head, wondering, what will I do with those people? He's not thwarted by us. He's, he has no illusions about us. He sees us in totality. The sooner we come to the revelation that he has no illusions about us, the sooner we will be in a place to recognize how much he really does love us because he has no illusions for us. It's very difficult in our world because we, we see, we perceive if we, if we perceive that we are loved by people who don't really know us, that seems somehow artificial. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it might make us feel good, but at the end of the day or deep down inside, we know that that can't be right. They don't really know me. Of course they love me because they don't really know the real me, but I know the real me and they wouldn't be saying they love me. But the flip side is also true kind of in our reality of if we are fully known and not loved, like that's, that's our deepest fear. That's where all our shame comes from. That's where all our fear of being exposed. The Lord does both. The Lord loves you fully and fully knows you. Yeah. <laughs> he know he knows you fully and he just loves you anyway. Yeah. He has no illusions about who we are. Um he he loves us as we are, not as we should be, because none of us are as we should be. Yeah. This is why we need Christ. Yeah. And we need again counter to our culture, we need time and space and the place to search these things out. Like, we're so focused on being productive so that we can be something. But in in so much of our productivity, we might actually be losing who we are. Thanks again for listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast and this part one episode with Eddie Smith. We hope that this conversation was challenging, inspiring, and, and maybe gives you enough content, enough thought uh, to think for the rest of this week and just kind of chew over some of what we discussed and talked about. And remember, come back next Tuesday for part two of this episode to conclude this whole idea of fully knowing who God is, fully knowing who we are, so that we can work and live and operate in joy and in productivity. And that there is this deep connection between 
as we know more of who God is, we are able to know more of who we are. But as we self-discover more of who we are, it enlightens us and empowers us to know more of who God is. So we hope you have a great week. Be blessed. And remember, God is moving in your life beyond Sundays.